the last time I did a podcast from this spot, uh, my dad, of all people, um, was chirping me about the background. Uh, he was kind of laughing. He's saying, you know, you're doing a hockey podcast and you got all this football stuff behind you. Um, and he's not wrong. I mean, I got college football books and, you know, a helmet. And I mean, I even got a baseball in the background there too. So, I mean, he's not wrong. So, um, took a page out of his book, took some advice. I got some, some hockey stuff. I figured I'd, I'd, uh, put on display here moving forward. Maybe a good little story here too. So my dad, myself, super sentimental, right? And this is kind of too funny. Um, this is the first point I ever recorded in a high school hockey game. My dad swiped the puck. This is, uh, an assist against Freeland, uh, which is actually kind of ironic because I was talking about FNV and pumping their tires uh, on last week's episode. So kind of funny that it kind of comes full circle there and maybe a little, uh, a little feather in the cap there after, you know, after, like I said, pumping up the boys uh, last week. So, uh, and then obviously first goal puck too. So I got both of those. Figured we prop those up on the bookshelf there. We'll add a little a hockey to the backdrop here and, Maybe as the season unfolds, we'll continue to add uh, little bits and pieces. You know, I know, um, you know, Sean Belegian and the guys at State Champs did a nice job over the last couple of years with like the beanies and stuff like that. Maybe uh, maybe as we get going here, we can kind of come up with our own little shtick here for the uh, for the podcast. So uh, with all that. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk some hockey. Um, you know, first things first, did want to recap last week a little bit. Um, this is why I was kind of hesitant to do some of this content, the previews and looking ahead to what the high school hockey season, um, may hold, what players are coming in, what the conference dynamic might look like. I was a little hesitant to do that. Um, you know, after hitting publish on a lot of stuff last week, I was getting some DMS and feedback. Uh, Hey, you know, this player has moved on. He's going and playing triple a this year. Uh, you know, I even had a coach reach out, Hey, I'm not actually with that program anymore. I'm with a different program. So, um, you know, the journalist in me, the, the, the reporter in me wants to get things right in that regard. I don't want to be putting out misinformation, um, and, and things like that. So that bothers me, eats at me a little bit, but on the flip side, um, you know, the positive of it is we're having these discussions and those conversations are being had and, um, you know, as long as those, you know, I'll call it a mistake, as long as some of that stuff is, um, you know, not done in jest and, and, uh, you know, there's obviously no ill will to it, but even when I am wrong, you know, I hope that, you know, I, I get those DMS and people correct me and let me know so that we can more accurately, you know, do things moving forward. So, uh, so like I said, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I don't, you know, I don't want to put out the wrong stuff, uh, but I also want to get, content out there that people can enjoy and consume and, and get start to get excited about, you know, what players to watch, what teams to pay attention to, what to start making some of those preseason picks. So uh, like I said, kind of that double-edged sword. So, so be it. Um, anyways, a lot to talk about uh, on this episode here. I did want to mention uh, the MDHL showcase is actually Wednesday, which at the time I'm recording this will be this time tomorrow night. Uh I'm planning, I'll be there breaking down, watching players, you know, I'm hoping to have a kind of full recap of the day's events. So with that, 
I think you might get a double dose of the PD's Picks podcast this week. Maybe Thursday, Friday, we'll do another bonus episode where we talk strictly MDHL, top players, you know, kids from the showcase, who to watch, who to pay attention to, uh, and who's ripe for a big year. So uh, look forward to that later on this week. If you're not following me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, make sure you are, because uh, obviously I'll, I'll let everybody know if and when that MDHL episode is happening. And then also, I was diving into the analytics here on YouTube. Uh, 86% of you watching this video right now are not subscribed to the YouTube channel. And I just can't have that people. So if you're watching this, if you're listening uh, on Apple, Spotify, you name it, right? Like if you are a fan of the episode, if you're paying attention, right, be sure to smash that subscribe button. It's greatly appreciated. And like I said, when we do some of those bonus episodes, it'll obviously keep you up to date on all of that as well. So uh, over the weekend, I did notice a couple, a couple of games I wanted to highlight, just kind of scoreboard watching more or less, but, uh, 18U Little Caesars beat Big B in a pair of close games. I want to say one of them, uh, was like an overtime thriller shootout. However, they kind of determine their tiebreakers, uh, at the end of regulation. But, um, so a couple close games there, Caesars Big B actually had them at or near the top of the 18U rankings there. So that kind of checks out, right? A super close game between uh, two of the predominantly better 18U teams in the state. Another matchup, again, just kind of scoreboard watching. I was looking at the box score. It didn't have a ton of information in terms of um, players and, and who actually scored the goal or, you know, who was in net and things like that. But uh, 16U Fox Motors with a big upset, one nothing over VH. Obviously, if you guys have been listening to any of the episodes, watching any of the episodes, um, you know I've been very high on uh, 07 VH and how they're my pick anyways, my prediction to be the, the number one team in the state at that birth year. Uh, you've also heard me talk a lot about Fox Motors too and how that program as a whole um, – Rarely has the most talent going into a lot of these matchups, but is extremely well coached, very disciplined across the board, not just at a specific age group, um, but from 18U down to 14s, very well coached, very competitive on a game in game out basis. So to see them kind of gut out grit, you know, get that gritty, scrappy one nothing win over obviously the, you know, the top team in the state. Uh, I'm not all that surprised by it, right? Uh, VH, obviously, a ton of skill, ton of talent there, and will continue to go on and have a ton of success this season. Um, but Fox Motors, you know, like I said, that's a very uh, on-brand win for them, uh, and, and not surprised in the least. You know, they've got some top players as well. Let's let's not get it twisted either. I mean, uh, you know, Travis Lafier is a is a special player for them, and really does it all. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if he was the one who scored that lone goal for them in that one, nothing win. So, or at least had a hand in it. So, um, so big upset there, definitely something to pay attention to. I do need to, um, you know, this is a, a bit of a, a fault of mine. I do need to update the rankings on the website. I'll get to that. And again, that's why I, you know, I really strongly, strongly urge you guys to follow me on any of the social media platforms, because when that stuff gets updated, I'll obviously let you know. So um, need to update the rankings there again, based off of a lot of the game results and, and things that are going on here in real time. So 
Uh, okay, let's move on to some conference talk, eh? Let's get into uh, the ten-minute talks, right? What I was, what I kind of labeled them last week. Um, we'll get into it here. I did uh, as I was kind of listening back and editing last week's episode. You couldn't really hear the alarm going off. I did set the timer and like, you know, the alarm obviously was, was interrupting me, cutting me off. I don't know that that translated so well into last week's episode. So I'll try to move that. I'll keep my phone a little bit closer to the, uh, to the computer microphone here so that it gets picked up uh, in the post-production, so to speak. So, uh, okay. 10 minutes on the timer, ready to go and start. So I'm going to start with the SEC. We're going to get to the South Central Hockey League, uh, Oakland Activities Association, OAA as well. But set the tone here with the SEC. Uh, Nine teams in the conference split up into two divisions. Those are lopsided divisions. Hasn't quite been uh, ironed out yet. Pinckney merged with Wald Lake Western, I believe. And that took them out of the SEC and into the Lakes Valley Conference, which we talked about on last week's episode. So uh, nine teams in total. There is no clear-cut conference champ. They award uh, division uh, two division champs, the white division and the red division, uh, and no kind of concrete um, crossover or conference champion. I will say Celine, the white division champ, and Chelsea, the red division champ, went head to head last year. Celine won that head to head matchup five to four. So if you want to say there's a de facto conference champ, you'd be looking at the Hornets for sure there. Um, let's see. I do think uh, those two division champs continue to kind of separate themselves from the pack here as we continue to move forward. Uh, Celine returns a ton up front, um, you know, including their top two leading scorers from a season ago. As I've looked through some of these teams, you know, now through six conferences, we're looking at maybe half the state already. Very few, if any, are returning their top scorer, let alone their top two scorers. And, and the Hornets obviously have that luxury there uh, with uh, Mateo Idapalo and Blake Woodrell. Um, not to mention on top of all that, you still get a, a two-year starting goalie back as well. Uh, in Tyler Schroeder. So that's that's huge. And then there's a ton of depth up front that I like a bunch. Uh, Antonio Giacalone and Aiden Rumor are both um, returners as well. That provides, you know, a good four, five, six forwards returning from a year ago. Um, so really impressive bunch there that, uh, that obviously has a ton of potential to do some damage. Uh, on the other side of the conference, the other division, Chelsea, Everyone, I think everyone statewide knows that um, they've lost Jack Roberts, Devin McIntyre, obviously to graduation. Uh, and that leaves a huge void for, for the Bulldogs to fill. And my knee jerk reaction was going to be that it was just going to be too much for them to overcome. Like those were, could we say like generational talents? Like they were special talents in the, in the high school hockey space, um, junior caliber players. And so to lose them, it's, it's almost impossible to replace. However, um, you know, I do kind of got to tip my cap because they do get Brendan Davila and Keegan Montgomery back. Or, yeah. Keegan Montgomery back. Those are two big pieces up front. 
I don't expect them to fully re- replace or replicate what Roberts and McIntyre did from a year ago, but it is still a nice, um, n- nice pieces to kind of fill that void. Um, and then plus, you know, I keep, I, I'm going to talk about returning goaltenders a bunch, I think in these conference previews, because it's the ultimate like ace up, up your sleeve, you know, the something the, a real great piece to have in your back pocket. Uh, Luke Webster was a sophomore last year. Um, went 15, three and O as a starter. And, uh, so whenever you have that returning presence in net, it almost, it, it can, it can make up for a lot of blemishes or some weaknesses that you may or may not be returning from it, from the previous season. So you get that returning goaltender back as well. Who's played a bunch of minutes, seen a bunch of, uh, of big games. Uh, that's always a nice, nice fallback as well. So you have those three key pieces. Um, so with as much as Celine and Chelsea bring back, you know, I also look at the landscape around the conference as well. And you look at a lot of the Ann Arbor schools have, you know, kind of fallen off trending in the wrong, you know, in, in the wrong direction in the last two years, pioneer skyline, um, obviously potential to rebound and, and regroup and, and improve on what they've done the last maybe year or two. Uh, I mentioned Pinckney as well. That was a sneaky good team in the conference with them co-oping and leaving, you know, the, the, that overall uh, talent in the conference, I feel like has, has kind of dropped a little bit over the last couple of years, which only furthers, you know, that gap, I think that's starting to develop between uh, your top two teams and, and the rest of the conference. So uh, let's see here. All right. So I got five minutes making good time here. A uh, couple players to watch. Obviously I mentioned Ida Apollo and Woodrell. Um, I think those are the two best players in the conference bar none. I don't know. I wrote, uh, I wrote in the conference preview on the website at pdspicks.com. Uh, everything I talk about here will obviously be on the articles plus more stats analysis players to watch, uh, and a whole bunch more at pdspicks.com. So be sure to check it out. But what I said on the blog was, I don't know who's Batman. I don't know who's Robin. Um, but they should be the two best players uh, almost every time they step on the ice this season, regardless of who Selene is, is playing. Uh, I do believe that top line for Selene is good enough to play with just about anybody in the state. Um, obviously the, the disparity there when you, when you go up against the likes of CCs and Brightons and uh, you know, some of the, some of the top five, top 10 teams is, is depth becomes more of an issue, but you know, you want to go top line for top line. I think that Woodrell and Ida Paolo line will be good enough to, like I said, skate with anybody. Um, and I think, you know, the other part I mentioned, Tyler Schroeder as well. I'm excited for him this senior season. Um, I think this year's team for coach Kyle Zagata has kind of been a long time coming several players on the roster who have been there for not just one, but two, three years. Uh, this senior class has been coming along over the last you know couple seasons uh, they know what it's about. They know what to expect. I really think it all starts to come together this season. Um, really comes down to execution and, and, and avoiding those, those lulls, those letdowns, um, and just bringing it to the rink every single night. And, and if they do that, this, I think this team can be pretty special and do some pretty special things. So, um, Brendan Davila, obviously I mentioned him. He's had a real good fall in the MDHL. I know he was a turn, uh, 18U tournament team kid for them that went out to Minnesota last month. That's no easy, easy feat. That's definitely a feather in in the cap for him. 
Uh, Carson Kacharski, I've talked to, you know, he's a name I've known for a long time too. I feel like he kind of gets overshadowed in the conference a little bit throughout, you know, his last three years because there's been heavy hitters like Roberts, uh, Ben Wild a couple years ago. Like Kacharski has kind of gotten overshadowed, but my God, like, you know, he had, what I, you know, he was one of the top scorers in the, in the conference last year. Uh, Huron is coming off their best season in eight years. Um, so if he can kind of put all that together, Huron ends up having a, a really good showing there for his senior season. I, I think uh, I think they could be a little dangerous as well. And then I, I got to mention, I don't know if I'm going to get all this in, um, Graham Newton. I have to talk about this kid. You know, he, Skyline, I mentioned, has kind of fallen on hard times a bit the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, they got mercyed six times last season. Um, but even in the midst of all those struggles, like, I'm not kidding when I say Graham Newton may be one of the best defensemen in the entire state this season. Um, and I think he's a, a perfect case study for how to properly navigate the high school landscape. Um, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, oh, my, my high school team isn't that is, is bad. And, you know, oh, I want to get exposure and this and that like Graham Newton skyline, like I said, has had a tough go of it, but Graham Newton is, is just, like I said, going to be one of the top guys because of the extracurriculars that he's doing. He was a team Michigan guy last spring. He's an MDHL kid this fall. You know, I'd expect him to be a team Michigan kid again in the, in the spring and, and potentially have junior hockey options a year from now, if he wants to go that route. So I just think it like, it doesn't matter where you play as long as you're taking the right steps and the right precautions to continue developing and continue growing Um, where you play November to February doesn't, completely solidify, you know, one way or the other, like I said. So if you're a kid out there, maybe a smaller known program or the program isn't as like, don't be afraid of, of jumping in and being a part of it because a kid like Graham Newton, I'm telling you is going to be one of the top six defensemen uh, in the state by, by the end of the year. So um, definitely want to keep that in mind. I, I wanted to make sure I got that in because I, like I said, I think he's a perfect case study um, for high school hockey kids and a, a model that, uh, kids can follow regardless of what program you play for. Um, and he's not the only one. There's been a lot that have come through over the years. It's just right now I can kind of talk about it in real time as it's happening, as it's unfolding. So Graham Newton, keep an eye out for him and and uh, expect him to have a big year as well. Um, circle this date on the calendar, January 13th, Celine goes to Chelsea, the Arctic Coliseum, Never an easy place to play. It's on a Saturday. I'd expect that barn to be rocking. Uh, the whole town might even shut down. Um, so it's, uh, it's. Um, we'll talk about it another time. Uh, we'll get into it another time, I'm sure. But uh, I will table the SEC discussion there. A good solid 10 minutes uh, for the boys out of, you know, Lenawee County, Washtenaw County, that whole bit. So. It's still a bunch I didn't get to, but that's that's good. I'd rather have too much than not enough. <laughs> uh, okay, so the South Central Hockey League. Um, I think I was. I, f- I think I heard at one point it's the largest like surface area conference in the state. Spans the the most uh, the the largest territory in the state. I don't know if someone can confirm that for me, but uh, nonetheless, seven team conference may be may have the most parity than any other conference in the state and and what i mean by that is um 
five of the seven teams last season finished with an overall winning record. Uh, so super competitive teams in that regard. And then if you go back through the history books, you don't have to go very far. Four different programs have won the last five league championships. I don't know that there's that much turnover in any other conference that you'll find. Uh, so, you know, obviously just programs taking turns almost at, at who is the top dog. And, uh, and once you climb that mountaintop, you don't stay there for long because there's, there's other hungry dogs coming. So um, let's see here. And the other component of it too, you know, four programs in five years, as I was looking through rosters and, and combing through kind of year over year data, I wouldn't be surprised if a fifth different program won it this year uh, to only add to the chaos and, and parody of the SCHL. Um, now, Jackson Lumen Christie, two-time defending champ. Uh, they've won it the last two, two years, and they're returning a bunch. So it won't be an easy task for somebody to dethrone the reigning champs. However, um, I don't think Lumen's path to a three-peat is, is going to be the yellow brick road necessarily. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of bumps and challenges along the way. Um, Lumen is an interesting program. You know, I was, I was doing some digging on them and obviously it's a program I'm very familiar with, even going back to my playing days, my coaching days, you know, I'm a mid Michigan kid. So like I'm very familiar with Lumen Christie. Um, I would say even going that far back, probably one of the most dominant mid Michigan programs uh, of the last two or three decades. Um, and, you know, even if you want to go all the way back to the, the CAAC, uh, obviously they're the top team in the SCHL now, their local success is second to none. Um, however, and, and this is kind of my challenge for the program is, is to, I, I want to see them take it to the state level, to the state tournament and, and, and achieving success at that level has been a much different story for, for the Titans as of late. Um, you know, I was shocked to find that Lumen, unless I missed something, hasn't won a regional championship and made it to the state tournament since 2011. So that's a pretty, pretty significant drought, um, for, for Lumen Christie, like I said, for as, successful as they've been at the conference level and at the local level playing teams in their immediate area, um, that statewide success hasn't quite been there. Now, you know, you look at some of the other conference opponents, Cap City, Mid-Michigan, Matawan, Kalamazoo, Eagles, uh, even, they've all won regionals. They've all competed at the uh, state tournament, made it to the quarterfinals. I, did Kalamazoo make it to the final four? I don't know that offhand, but anyways, like I said, I respect the hell out of Lumen Christie. Obviously that program has accomplished a ton. Um, but like I said, I, I want to see that kind of translate now into, into playoff success, into statewide success. Um, the good news is uh, they've got some real nice prospects coming back this year uh, that may just do that. Uh, super experienced on the back end. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about, uh, guys like Dan Brady and Luke Sexton, uh, very unique skill sets and bring a ton to the table. Uh, Brady is a big and mobile, very sound defensively. Uh, Sexton is is shifty, puck mover type with with great footwork. So, um, and again, you know, I was talking about goalies 
on part one, uh, you know, my favorite piece of the puzzle, you're bringing back a starting goaltender uh, in Zach Jackala, um, who played every single minute of action uh, in 26 games for the Titans last year. You don't see that very often. So you got those pieces coming back. Obviously, that's going to uh, set you up for success. A uh, couple players to key in on this season. Max Tyler, I swear I've been talking about this kid for half a decade now. Uh, I feel like he should be a senior in college. I, I've known of him so long, known of him for so long. Um, super talented kid. Uh, you know, the Caps, they do lose leading scorers, Drew Agnew, Leo Clement, Brian Motko, uh, which is a pretty significant loss. But I do believe uh, they're bringing in some some very promising uh, names, some some very promising talent uh, that that was acquired over the offseason. So um, nice pieces coming in and obviously Max Tyler at the forefront there coming back. Uh, Braden Lewis out of Matawan, again, another kid who's had a tremendous offseason, uh, real good showing for the MDHL. I believe he was a tournament team kid for them as well. Um, he's just a junior too, so definitely one to have on the radar. Uh, a lot of great underclassmen uh, in the SCHL, Braden Lewis. Caden Stasienko out of Portage is another one uh, worth noting there. He's got 61 career points, and he's only going to be a junior. Uh, Lumen Christie's Josh Dumont is another junior. Uh, I was told he played defense last season, heard rumors. He may be transitioning back to forward, which he is by nature. Um, so maybe making that transition changes, changes the dynamic, uh, for, for Lumen Christie there a little bit. Underclassmen goalies as well. Uh, Dumont's teammate, Jackala, I mentioned him, uh, Kalamazoo's Owen Anderson and sophomore, uh, Leo. Lee Laporte, there we go, out of Portage. Um, he was the only goaltender on Portage's roster last season as a freshman, played nearly 1,300 minutes, uh, and posted a 15-10-1 record. So uh, to get all that coming back, and he's only a sophomore, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, one game I got circled. How much time do I got? All right, I got a little bit of time still. Uh, one game I got circled, February 7th, big matchup between Lumen Christie and Cap City. I do think your conference, your your league champion is one of these two teams. However, um, I don't, th it's not necessarily this matchup that's going to mean the most. It's going to mean all the little matchups leading up to this. Can Cap City take care of business, uh, you know, on a road trip to Kalamazoo? Can Lumen Christie uh, beat Matawan in a midweek, midweek game, handle their business? to set up this matchup in February and make this matchup in February, the, the, the premier game of, of the season. It's not going to be an easy task. It's not going to be an easy road. Um, whoops. You know, in order for the state to be important, both teams have to take care of business leading up to that. Um, you know, you're going to have East side, Matawan, mid Michigan, Kalamazoo, all presenting challenges. Um, and, and, you know, kids get complacent teams have night and, you know, off nights can either of those teams face that adversity and, and come out successful in order to set up that premier matchup there um, in February? You know, my pick for the conference, this is probably my first real contrarian pick of the conference previews, but I am going to go with Cap City based off of the, the rumors and potential of some of the players they got coming in and, and just how talented they might be uh, in a situation where Cap City isn't 
a, a rebuild program anymore. They're a reloading program where they're bringing in, you know, they're graduating talent and then filling those gaps with more talent. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and take Cap City. Uh, obviously, Lumen is the team to beat. Matawan is such a tough out every night. Uh, and I do need to mention this. I got to get this in too before we wrap up. Um, can't forget Eastside beat Lumen and Matawan and Cap City all last season, all within a two-week stretch. Uh, so even though Eastside didn't factor in in the conference championship there, they very much had an influence by beating other people who were in the hunt. And that was kind of what I was referring to by Lumen and Cap City setting up that matchup. The games leading up to that matchup are going to be far more crucial than that matchup itself. So I think the SCHL is way up for grabs this season. Very curious to see how it unfolds. Um, but I am going to hitch my wagon to the Caps uh, and, and see how this, this race goes. Because uh, like I said, I think as many as five of the seven teams could end up uh, as your league champion. So, all right. That was a good stopping point there. I got literally, I got everything I wanted to get in right under the buzzer. So, that was a that was good timing, Petey. Good job. There we go. Starting to get into a good rhythm now as we get into our sixth conference of the of the previews as we lead up to the high school hockey season next month. Um, okay, I will mention this too before I get into the last conference. Again, there are blog previews on PD'sPicks.com that include all the information I'm talking about now, plus even more players to watch more data and stats on other teams in the conference. So if I'm not giving you enough here on the podcast, you can always get more on the website as well. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, okay. I'm going to take one more drink here before we get into the final conference. And then we will go ready and start. All right. So the last one on the list for the episode is the Oakland Activities Association. I got to really think about that acronym uh, as, I, as I say it. The OAA. Um, you've heard me fanboy a bunch already about Clarkston this season, and we're still a month away from the season even getting going. Um, I hate to break it to you. Probably going to be more of that coming, not just on this episode, but you know, as the season unfolds as well. Um, I've been thoroughly impressed with the, with the turnaround job that, uh, that coach Nathan Breyer has done. Um, you know, he, he put together a 20 win. They, you know, he led Clarkston to a 20 win season uh, last year. That was more wins than the previous two seasons combined. Um not only did he put them in a position to have success, you know, short-term success, you have a really good, you know, uh, class that kind of comes up together. Not only has he put them in, in a position, in a position to have immediate success, but su sustained success. That's a lot of S's there. I really had to fight my way through that sentence, but um, I think this is a program where, you know, it should be included in the conversation with, with some of the blue bloods in high school hockey, Brighton, Heartland, Stevenson, Houghton, TC Central. Like, I think Clarkston is going to enter that chat. I really do. Um, you know, there's nice pieces, obviously, that they graduated last year, good prospects 
uh, that have moved on. You've got Owen Croston, who I've I can't say enough good things about. He he's got the potential to be the number one player in the state in high school hockey. Uh, you want to look down the road. He graduates next spring. Well, guess what? They still got Ronnie Wade to fall back on. Uh, Ron Ronnie Wade is an exceptional talent. You graduate him two years from now. You still got um, Brady Damien in that. I think they're here to stay for a while. Um, you know, last season they took on the likes of CC and Salem and Mona Shores. Uh, those are some some top programs around the state and and hung with and competed with and, and even picked up a couple wins over some of those teams. Uh, you know, you follow that up this season and they're they're doing a Thanksgiving showcase with Brighton and Heartland. Uh, and Forest Hill Central, you know, that's a that's a weekend event of four teams where all four could be in the top 10 by the time those teams meet at the end of uh, November. So um, it will be a super competitive event in and of itself. Uh, and, and obviously Clarkston right there in the mix, not just from a, a association standpoint, but also from a statewide standpoint. Um, and as much as Clarkston is trending up. I think the rest of the OAA is is starting to trend down a little bit. Uh, it's it's addition by subtraction a little bit in a way where, other than Stony Creek, it feels like the rest of the association teams uh, graduated a ton of their top performers and and key performers from from a season ago. So there's a lot of question marks with some of the other teams in the association that aren't there for Stony Creek and for Clarkston, obviously. So the lack of returning threats around the league just kind of further creates uh, that divide between Clarkston and the rest of the group. Um, I will say, though, Stony Creek shares a lot of similarities to Clarkston, in my opinion. I think they're on the same trajectory. They're just at a different stage of the process. Um, I think Stony Creek... I think Clarkston can look at Stony Creek or how do I want to say this? <laughs> I wrote it in the blog on the website and I can't remember now. Stony Creek is where Clarkston was maybe a year or two years ago. And that Stony Creek can look to Clarkston to where they project or want to be in a year or two as an overall program. And I don't mean that um, as a slight or an insult in any way. Um, you know, I know Stony Creek made the state tournament last season, but I just don't think, uh, the Cougars can go into a season expecting to contend at the state level just yet. Um, Clarkston is there. Clarkston should expect to win the conference. Uh, you know, Clarkston's goals should be to win a regional, should be to make it to Plymouth, should be to win a, a state title. Uh, quite frankly, that should be Clarkston's expectations coming into this season. I don't know that Stony Creek is quite there yet. I do think, um, you know, I think their goal should be to contend with, compete with, beat Clarkston and get over that first hurdle before you start looking ahead and, and start trying to take on um, even bigger hurdles down the road. Like I said, making it to the state tournament making it to Plymouth and making and, and winning a state title. I think Stony Creek has to clear that first hurdle, which is contending with Clarkston. You know, I want to say I was looking at scores from last season. Um, I think Clarkston beat them like nine to one or seven to two, like Stony Creek's focus should be to, to catch and compete with Clarkston. And then once you've, once you've accomplished that, now your focus shifts to kind of that statewide 
success. That's those state level goals. Um, let me make sure I'm not missing anything there. Um, you know, I talk about those hurdles and kind of steps along the process. Um, you know, it's good to have those goals and good to strive for a regional championship, a, a state title, but none of those goals happen in my opinion, unless you can compete and skate with Clarkston. Cause if you can't skate with Clarkston, you're not going to be able to skate with other teams that are there at, at the elite eight at the final four. Um, so that's what I mean is, is aim small, miss small, make Clarkston your first goal. You, you achieve that hurdle. You move on to some of the other uh, hurdles down the road. So uh, players to watch. I am on short time here a little bit. I mentioned Owen Crosston obviously has the potential to be a really high level junior player uh, this time next season. Um, I didn't realize Ronnie Wade led the association in scoring last season uh, as a sophomore had 59 points. So um, maybe one of the only leading scorers in the conference to return uh, from last year. I don't know that I've seen any so far in my research. Uh, where the returning scorer from a season ago is back this fall. Uh, speaking of underclassmen, Charlie Price, big fan of him. Definitely a name to know. He's just going to be a junior. Very unique skill set. Um, he's not going to wow you. He's not going to razzle-dazzle. Uh, but by the end of the night, when you check the score sheet, he will have very quietly put up three, four, even five points uh, on, a, on any given night. So I think he's another one who's got junior hockey potential if he so chooses. Um, could land in a variety of spots, but, you know, I think he would be an extremely valuable third, fourth line guy at the next level. Uh, and, and that's no diss. I think it's, it's actually a huge compliment to his type of game that he plays. Uh, you know, not everybody projects to be a uh, top, very few project to be top scorers or, or top playmakers uh, at the junior hockey level. You need those role players. You need those guys that are willing to block shots that are willing to kill penalties uh, and play those scrappy style of games that not everybody's made for. And, and Charlie Price is made for that type of game. So I do think he's, he's one uh, definitely to pay attention to. I got to go quick here. Carson Cadigal, uh MHA guys have spoken very, very highly about him this fall. He's had a real strong off season. Um, and we're, uh, let's see here. I did mention Lee Laporte from Portage as a, uh, you know, a returning goaltender. Uh, in that sophomore class, Brady Damien is another one I got to mention, uh, amongst the class of 2026, he's got a chance to really be a standout here. Um, you know, I do think it'll be a bit of a timeshare in net for Clarkston, but ultimately Damien is going to play on a really strong team, uh, against some big matchups. He's going to have a chance to really solidify and make a name for himself in that sophomore class. Uh, so he's one I want to pay attention to as well. Um, conference champ division champs, I should say, I'm going to go quick, obviously no surprise here. I'm going Clarkston. I'm going Stony Creek. Um, there's no real big surprises there. I will say though, um, M1 United does return Charlie Price. I mentioned him, uh, and getting juniors, Zach Steiner and Kyle Passwater back. I think Passwater was an MHA kid too. If he wasn't, he was definitely at tryouts, but, um, so there's a lot of returners there that, again, a lot of the rest of the league doesn't have. But um, the question will be, um, well, there you have it. The, the question will be, I'll finish my sentence. Uh, you know, they're going to be going up against top-notch offenses in Clarkston uh, and in Stony Creek. And the question there will be defensively, will M1 United kind of have enough to neutralize that or give themselves a chance if it turns into a track meet? So. 
Uh, okay, so that was it for our second edition of the uh, high school hockey conference previews. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I can pull up my list for who I have next week. Do I have this on short order? I'm not sure that I do. Um, hang on. If you bear with me, I just might be able to pull it up. Uh, I only have like a million documents that I have to go through in order to find it. So this shouldn't, shouldn't be that hard. I only have 75 windows open. Uh, and if it's not this one, I might, Oh, all right. It's always the last, last place you look. Uh, okay. So next week, uh, next week's episode, I will have the big North Saginaw Valley and the Metro league on tap. Uh, but also keep an eye out for the bonus episode I'm looking to throw out later this week on specifically on the MDHL showcase. Um, so again, as I said before, like subscribe, your support is greatly appreciated. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any errors, anything you want to call me out on, any other players you want to talk about, teams I'm sleeping on, whatever it may be, uh, feel free to reach out and, and let's talk some hockey here as we get closer and closer to the start of the high school hockey season. So uh, with that, as I leave you guys all every time, skate hard, have fun, and I will see you guys at the rink very soon.